Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're... Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we'll be talking about our favorite TV show of all time, Seinfeld. Uh, just we're gonna just talk about what makes it such a great show, and and also its progression. What what makes it uh, fr- what we think a timeless through, uh, sitcom? I was talking. Also, you know, sort of its evolution throughout the seasons. We'll just be um, talking about all things Seinfeld. All things Seinfeld. Um, and why is our favorite show? Um, um, but, but before, before we that, do that, we have some station business to um, attend to. Uh, this Monday. This Monday, we have, once again, another vintage basement with Max and Nikki comedy show. At comedy um, and music show. Comedy and music show, but mostly comedy, though. Um it's going to be on our birthday, January 15th, and you can get your tickets while they still last. Yes, it will most Max, likely sell out. It will, it will sell out. I mean, it just, just projections, the predictions look like they are falling in line with past shows as far as our pre-sale tickets so far, and so... It looks like it's going to sell out. So you better get your it, tickets it, now. It you don't want to be one of those uh, people, people waiting outside here that we have to turn away and say, hey, better, better luck next month. Better you know? luck tomorrow. Um, so where can you get your tickets? Maxandnicky.com slash vintage-basement or, or sim- horsetrade.info or just even or simply, simply maxandnicky.com. Maxandnicky.com. Yes. Um, and so that is, we got a great lineup for that show. Uh, we've got Mateo, Roy Wood Jr. Roy Wood Jr. Who's a, one of the senior correspondents on The Daily Show. We got Michael Ma- Costa, who is also, also a correspondent on The Daily, Daily show. show. We got Mateo Lane, who uh, you've seen on uh, Logo TV. Yeah. Or late, late, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Or right. uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, um, and and we have things. a, we have a, yeah, we have some other surprise special guests who are really, really funny. Well, and um, another who's not a surprise is our our good friend Richard Toomer will be on the show as well. Yeah, so um, it's going to be a, a really great show, and you know, it's just going to be a special show because it is our birthday, and um, we're going to be doing some special things for the show. Well, I, I guess so. Well, it's always a special. You know. Oh, yeah, it's always a special show. It's always a um, special. It's it's on. It's always a, a special show. Anyway, once again, that's uh, this coming Monday, January 15th at 9 p.m. in at under St. Mark's Theater in the East Village in Manhattan, New York. Uh, get your tickets as soon as possible. Um, um, any other station business? I guess not. Not right now. I mean, you know, I will say uh, our sister, she just had a show last night. She headlined The Independent in San Francisco, and it was, from what I heard, a really great show. And I just wanted to, you know, just, I urge you to go out there and and buy her her latest album called Foxtel's Brigade. Her band's called Foxtel's Brigade, and her latest album is called Foxtel's Brigade. And you know what? It's such a great album. You won't regret it. Make sure you go get it. Available on iTunes. Anywhere you can buy music, actually. I suppose anywhere you can buy music. Really? Yeah. Anywhere you can buy music? Sure, yeah. It's not anywhere you can buy yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's at, like, Virgin Records. Well, okay, but you know what? That, <laughs> that's, that's not even a, a Megastore. 
I don't know if it's at like Tower Records. Well, you could or go. Anything. You could go to like. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I believe Miba, it's at. I, I think it's actually everywhere you can buy music now. Because I don't think. I there's, mean, uh, yeah. Just look it up. You'll be able to get it. Okay. Yeah. Look it up online. If you want a physical copy, you can order a physical copy online. Yeah. Go um, to Bandcamp. You know their Bandcamp. That's um, so. That, yeah. Go check that out. Um. All right. Um, in any event, let us get on with the main topic at hand, Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it really, it really truly, truly is, is our favorite, our favorite show. show. Truly is the our, greatest. It truly, it, it truly... Are you going to take the box class next semester, Max? Oh, that's all I wanted to know. We used to have this uh, professor in college named Dr. David Maroney. Professor, professor Matt, Matt, David Maroney. Um, and he, uh, the inimitable, he was our, he was our professor of Bach. He, he taught us, we had a, we took a class on J.S. Bach and he was our professor. And that once, is Johann Sebastian Bach for those who don't And know. we once took, and when we once asked him, cause he was a, he was a big expert on the Renaissance composer, William Byrd, and he really loved him a lot. And we once asked him, uh, uh, professor Maroney, if you had to pick between William Byrd and and Bach, who would you pick? And he's like, oh, that's so difficult. But if I, I suppose, if I were truly pushed up against the wall, I'd have to pick Bach. I mean, he truly was the greatest. But I love William Byrd anyway. I, love William Byrd. I, 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 didn't I can't really choose. You know, he did say that afterwards. But he was British, and, um, and he, he had he a very did... sort of sprightly kind of quirky uh, sort of energy. Well, it wasn't that quirky it was just sort of uh enthusi- passionate he was enthusiastic. passionate and he was actually but also our had he had a mix of passion but calm at the same time he was our favorite professor actually and uh yeah i mean before I, he was my professor he did come up to me the previous semester while i was enrolling in classes and he said oh hello max what classes are you going to take to, what classes are you going to take next semester and i said Oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to take a French class. I think I'm going to take maybe comp, uh, composition and uh, or, or 20th century harmony. And he's like, are you going to take the Bach class? And I said, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's what I wanted to know. It was just, you know, pretty I, funny. He knew Max, well, not only because Max was a music major, but because I had taken his, I was in the Baroque ensemble uh, previous to that encounter and um, and. He he taught the he he led the he Baroque led ensemble. the Baroque ensemble. I played Baroque guitar in the Baroque ensemble. Very hard instrument. To I play. actually he would hold at the end of the year a, the Baroque, a Baroque ensemble party at his home, uh, which I uh, one of which I attended actually after I was a college student, and he would invite all the Baroque ensemble people. I guess right, uh, but uh-huh. or other people that were involved in music and yada yada yada, but. Uh, I, I'd say he was somewhat, yada yada yada. That's a sign for He was somewhat of a mentor of ours, right? I sure. I mean, but we, we diverge. But I just want to say that his house had all these harpsichords, these in it, old harpsichords, really cool. these these very nice his uh, harpsichords, harpsichords, one, one clavichord, and yeah, it was neato. We would play, which played some jazz on those harpsichords, actually, and he thought that was pretty cool. I well, think. no, I did. You didn't ever go to that. Oh, yes, I did. What are you talking about? You went to a broke ensemble party? I went to the first one that I oh, was you invited actually went. To. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you went. Yeah, you you weren't there with me? No. Really? 
No, I was not. Oh, how did I get there? Oh, I guess I uh, Mark took me there. Mark, Mark, and his friend drove me there, or something like oh, that. Oh, I didn't know you went. Actually, I thought you just couldn't make it. Or no, something. I I went there before you did. Well, in any event, let's get on with Seinfeld. Seinfeld. So, well, I guess we could start there. Yada yada yada. Um, well, what, what makes that important is that there's so many expressions that we've gotten from Seinfeld that well, some that people don't even know that they're from Seinfeld. It's it, it's almost like Shakespeare in a way where we we use expressions from Seinfeld in our in our in our colloquially in our society in our now, daily lives in, in American society that, that I think at one point people used because they watched episode of Seinfeld, but I think. Uh, younger generations and maybe older generations started using these expressions and they don't even realize that they're derived from Seinfeld itself. I'm um, not sure if yada, yada, yada came from Seinfeld per se. I think but like... It did definitely it popularize, popularize that, expression. that expression though for sure. Um, or, you know, something like not that there's anything wrong with it, you know. Right, just uh, things like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, or what's some other ones? Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm... Uh, hard pressed in the moment to, to find, uh, you know, but I'm, all, as I'm saying is there are expressions, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, uh, man hands is it something else. That's something that came from Seinfeld straight up, you know? Right. Uh, but I feel like that's more like, you know, people know that that's from Seinfeld and it comes from that. Or a close talker. Oh, close he's, a, talker, he's a close talker, you know, or a high talker. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, um, in any event, um, why is it our favorite show? Well, one, it is simply one reason. I know this isn't have to do with subjectivity, really, but one reason is simply because we've seen it so many times. Um, I think we just know it like the back of our own hands. I, I consider, in a way, we consider ourselves to be experts on pop culture trivia, um, especially television and and. Film, right, film and, and music. Right, but I feel like especially, Seinfeld, especially. I'm not quite sure if I'm as expert of current. That's Max talking there. Um, but of current, I, I do television. I, I consider myself uh, pretty big. I mean, you th- it's hard to an be expert on current television. I, I, it's hard to Max. Be, there's so uh, many shows. I feel out like there. I'm an ex- expert more than most in the sense that. I do watch a lot of television, even current shows. And yeah, but it's Max, hard. Max, there's can you so let me much listen? out there? But there is so much that I think it's truly you. No one can truly be an expert on today's landscape of television. That's because, what I'm saying because it's impossible to watch everything. That's what I'm saying. No, but it's still like I feel like as far as uh, experts go, I am up there. Um, now, if you're talking about classic television, you know, I would say before the internet age of streaming television shows, I would say that uh, I am a very big-time television um, expert. And well, please, please don't question. Uh, why? It's annoying. I will say we are pretty good at, at... What do you mean we are? I know that I am. I don't... Here's the thing. There's shows in the 80s and actually in the 70s or 60s and 50s that you have not watched, actually. There, but there's a lot that I have. I've watched more more shows from the 80s, 70s, and 60s, and even 50s, and and the 90s, more than most people, actually. Yes, more than, well, but, yeah. More than most people, okay, which would enough. consider me an expert. Because what, what would make you an expert uh, is if you 
know more about that kind of subject know, than most people. Because I I use I, maybe See, I'm just why, a little why, more maybe I'm just a little more humble. No, I just you're not even. There's a this difference. Is, there's, between, a, there's, there's a there's a reason. There's a reason why I'm getting to this point. I, there's a reason. There's a difference between advanced and expert. And I, I feel like I'm expert. Expert is like somebody. Okay, you haven't seen every episode of The Jeffersons, for instance. Or yeah, but seen I've seen every episode of Family Ties. I've seen every episode of okay. Cheers, Frasier. Uh, I don't. I don't think you really know Mary Tyler Moore Friends. show very well. You know. I mean, I've seen not every episode of the Mary Have Tyler Moore show. Have you seen like show. one? Of, I I've think seen. one. It, it used to be. I think the number one. By TV God, the high, highest rated real, this is not television even episode point. of all time. This is not even which the was point. Mary Tyler Moore. The show. Uh, it was the episode where. It's like death to it was the clown died or something like that or or a children's know, show guy Max, died in that it episode. It doesn't matter. That's not the point have of why I said this. That? This is not why I said mentioned this. Okay? I have though. Gosh, this is not why I mentioned this. You've even seen every episode of Mash. Okay, um, I know. Um, we've seen every episode of Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Shows that aren't Frasier. even that important. You know. I mean, you know, lots of shows. Here. I will just say we're talking I'm, about the Cosby Show. Every episode of Cosby. I will show. just say I'm. More advanced than most, perhaps not as much as some. No, probably most, not some. Some is an over an overstatement. I feel like some fine more than making most. you an expert. Okay, not as much as a few. Making you an expert, very advanced. No, it's God. What the hell is your problem? It's so know. annoying. It's, it's like, a... why do you like that? It's so annoying. What do you mean? Why am Just I like come that? Come on. The, anyway, the point that that's not even the point. We're experts on television trivia, but. The the show that we are most expert, we have the most expertise on is Seinfeld, right? Because we've seen it so every episode so many times, and I know like, it's weird to say that's our favorite show because of that reason. No, that's but that's not that's no, not why I'm no, saying it's our favorite. No, reason. well, yeah, but okay. Or let's say not, of, that's not the reason. Of why the reason of show. let's say of my top five material favorite shows. I place that at number one because I've seen that the most times. No, you know what I, I mean. Not me. I, well, I no, say no, that's, I'm saying I that's say, one reason. No, 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 why. no. That's one. Re- I, it's not let one me, of your reasons. Let me ask. You're not saying that's one of your reasons. No, I will say this though. It's one of my favorite shows because I've seen it so many times, and it still feels fresh to me. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will revise still, what I said. It's still. I still laugh at it. Even though I know what's going to happen, I will rescind and revise, and I will resubmit. Nikki okay. is correct. Um, um, so that's a big reason why is that it's got so much uh, rewatchability value. Is that you can watch any episode, and sure, the clothing might be a little outdated. But you know what's interesting that although some Seinfeld, of the clothing is kind of coming back now with amongst the hipsters, some right? Kind of clothing. Now, what's interesting? I mean, this could also be because it's in syndication but it's never been on Nick at Night at all before whereas shows that were concurrent with that including Friends uh, has been on Nick at Night and I think there's a reason why Seinfeld's never been on Nick at Night it's been on other TV stations but I don't think it's ever been on Nick at Night because I think it still has such universal appeal that it doesn't it's kind of timeless in a way. Even though there's like... There's certain references that are older, but... Even though there's, there's no cell phones in that show, except for the last episode, actually. is the only time I can think of when there's uh, No, I think there's a cell few phone use. By the way, just so you know, we, we do consider ourselves Seinfeld experts, but there are people out there that are really no, but advanced experts, you know? There are like, advanced experts. They're like, you know, really just 
that they're like obsessed, you know? Uh, and Max, it's okay. God, I'm just saying you, there's, there's God, people that are why, that even better than us. You don't need to it. be so, you know, bashful right now. It's like, no, but I'm just saying it's not, no, the reason I just mentioned is because there is, which I kind of want to go to, there is a trivia, uh, night of Seinfeld in New, New York, York city. city. Um, that actually, if you have watched like the streaming Hulu of Seinfeld, it's also on the DVD features, right? There's, there's a clip of them showing the trivia night, and some of these people are answering questions that I just don't. I don't think. But I actually, been able to get. I feel like I could place pretty highly high in in that in that trivia sure, night. Sure, I, I probably wouldn't win, but I could maybe come in third place. I think. Yeah, um, I want to go to it. I, I know we should, should try to go to, that. Go to it that. It sounds fun. Um, and uh, our, our our friend Kevin, he said he doesn't know as much about Seinfeld, but he would be down to just go and watch us play it. Kevin, know? who? You know, board game, Kevin. Oh, he said that? Crooks. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, um, so uh, so we used to, anyway, just a little history. When we would come home from school, the reason we've seen it so many times During is- middle school and especially high and school. especially high school, we kind of knew- We knew- We watched a lot of TV in middle school. We did school, our homework in high, high school. And we did our homework in front of TV- in front of the TV, and our mom didn't care as long as we did well, well in school. Well, she cared and at first, and then she started to realize that we were still getting good grades anyway, and she said, well, as long as they finished their homework and get good grades, and which we did. So we would I will work. say, if I didn't watch TV while I did homework, maybe I would have got more sleep during high school. Perhaps. Maybe I wouldn't have so many, you know... Well, Problems, you know what, though? If you know what I mean. I was listening to some uh, NPR thing recently. I mean, this has been known but for a while, but... Teenagers are more prone to staying up later. It's something actually happens in their biological clock that causes them to want to stay up later, actually. And, and really, that the fact that they have to wake up that early for high school or middle school actually causes ailment. It causes problems. Did you know that? Is this why? Yeah. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, is this why we've been plagued by well we haven't played and plagued that by serious physical ailments or anything but we do have ailments to well, I, maybe i'll cut this out i don't know no i won't but but people there are problems that teenagers suffer from and and even maybe in its adulthood if high school because, even started two hours later yeah like that would make a world of difference i really believe that you know it, it should you know teenagers don't i feel like most teenagers don't go to bed before midnight, um, for one, if if you're really a hard worker, more and more are teenagers getting uh, exorbitant amount of homework, so much that it's impossible for for them to be go to bed before midnight without having finished their homework. It's just impossible. I remember being a junior in in high school, and you know we were taking five AP key classes at the time, and uh, we just had so much homework that. Uh, and this might have been our fault for taking so many AP classes, but this is what you have to do in order to get into a co- good college. And, you know, as a high school student, you're pressured into taking as many, you know, AP classes as possible and trying to do your best. But to be and honest, so we, would so get, we would get two hours of sleep sometimes a night well, trying to finish our homework. That you know? much only? I remember doing those Cornell notes and remember those like not Cornell being able to finish those. such a waste of time. Two hours before. It's such an would, ineffective you know, way of... Of learning, I think, you know, there's a much better way. I think there's, well, anyway, 
there's we could talk about we could talk about this is another topic for another you know another I mean I guess it's episode. effective in the sense that you, is there a topic it causes for another, you to have to read the passages this is another well, there's a co- topic for another episode where we talk about you know the stresses and strains of being a teenager and <sighs> that's a good episode and, but uh, um yeah although I will say I took certain AP classes because I wanted to I don't think I would have been felt fulfilled if I took like honors English as opposed to AP English you know AP English language and we also literature, took AP English you know, literature. Uh, same with, you know, calculus. You know, there is only AP calculus, you know, uh, or, you know. Uh, okay, come on. Psychology. Talk about trying know, to, what are you bragging over here? I mean, no, what? You thought uh, you said you were modest. No. Well, I'm just explaining the facts, Nikki. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is we did our, we were able to uh, accomplish our work. Anyway, while we watched television, right. so Armando so, didn't care. Anyway, we and knew, so we would we, we knew, knew the, the schedule, times. the times for certain television shows that would go on, and all of the, this these were syndicated we shows knew, so that we went knew, on to all the different stations. We, and we knew, knew Seinfeld, Seinfeld was on sometimes six times a day, and we knew when they was were it on, that what times, many times they were on. Yeah, because you had four on on TBS, you know, in the afternoon. And then you had two on UPN slash My Thirteen. Uh, later on at 10 p.m., you know. So, was there four on, on TBS? Yeah. It was sometimes, it, it, it depended on the day. Sometimes it was four per day. Sometimes it was six. And um, then also... Sometimes there were eight, I believe. And then I think at one point, I could be wrong, I think the WB slash now the CW... Also played. I think they might have at one point even played it. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, so we watched a lot of it. We watched a lot of television or a lot, a lot of Seinfeld um, because we knew the schedule. We knew what times of the day they were going to be on, and uh, it was fun. And so we watched so many episodes multiple times over and over again. Now they're all on Hulu, and you can just we we have watched it all on Hulu. Hulu on Julio and Hulu, like, multiple times over. Now, Hulu, uh, by the way, the ones in the syndicated, when they're in syndication, they actually don't, uh, there's a little chunk of it, like a teeny small part of it that's not included in the episode. So I, there, there were a couple episodes that I actually didn't see the original versions of, until I saw him on Hulu, actually, like the in the. Full I will way say through. this: we, I did remember watching a few episodes of Seinfeld when they actually aired. Sure, um, and, and including we, including the final episode. Sein- I remember well, when yeah, that aired, that and I, I watched that when it aired. But we didn't really, really get into it until after. Until until short, maybe very shortly after, maybe like a year or two it, after it, actually, it ended, it actually ended when we were in fourth grade, and I think we straight up got into it in fifth grade. Actually, we were starting no, really, I think we got into it more in sixth grade. I think we actually started really getting started getting into it in fifth grade. Well, I think it was more like sixth grade. I'm pretty sure fifth grade. No, reason being, no, you know why? Because oh, people don't care about this. Well, why? fine. <laughs> um. Anyway, so let's talk about some real good points as to why it's a good show. We've only been talking about well, our personal history okay, but, with it. But, you know. Okay, one, it's it's timeless. It's Aside from the clothing, which some of the clothing might not even seem so outdated anymore to you know because some hipsters are wearing that kind of clothing now. Like if you look at the way Jerry Seinfeld dressed in the early 90s, that's kind of how the way some hipsters dress now. Um, right, or it's kind of normcore. Right, way. it's normcore. 
Um, so, but aside from that, and the also, dress and, and here's the thing: George Costanzo, Costanzo, wasn't ever really dressed for the time. For the time, he, he always looks a, a, like a. He's always looked like a timeless sort of character, salesman type, you know. Like, well, I don't know about salesman type. Death of a salesman type, if you will. Uh, I don't, I didn't picture that. He's not a salesman, but I didn't picture that when I I read Death of a Salesman. And Kramer, the way he's dressed is. I've never seen the play. Kramer, the way he's dressed is is also kind of timeless. It's It's timeless because he's clearly dressed in. He's a hipster doofus, actually. Well, he's clearly dressed in outfits that actually, just a little tidbit. Michael Richards would bring in his own wardrobe that of clothes that he at least to start with of the, of clothes that he had from the past from the sixties actually or even seventies uh, or early seventies but sixties mostly and so not sixties it would have been too too young no he wouldn't have yeah he would have no he wouldn't have yes he would have no let's see I think he was like forty when he got. No, he wouldn't have. He would have been like 20 or something like that. Maybe in his early 20s or something. Maybe in the late 60s. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, he would bring in stuff that he had from the past. And so that made his character timeless because he wasn't dressed appropriately for the time. Now, Elaine, the way she dressed was definitely of the time. Of the time, for Um, sure. But I will say, okay, so, but aside from the, the way they dressed... Although and, even some uh, of her outfits can okay, still pass for today. But aside from the way they... But her hairstyles were kind of more of the time, too. But hair, aside from the way she dressed, uh, or they dressed, and aside from, like, them using landlines for the most part... Um, no, people... Nikki, that is... Uh, people use landlines still. If Straight you up. watch a TV show now, I feel like you would see more, more people using cell phones than landlines. If they have houses... They use landlines. I mean, I was. Even I know, talking but with a they, they, they. Uh, there are episodes that feature phone booths and stuff like that, and well, those that, don't really yeah, exist I anymore. Know, but but I'm those. Just saying, the, like, what I'm saying is, people have the, landlines still. For I the mean, most part, for the most part, though. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's that whole episode that has to do with the lines getting crossed. You know that that's not a problem anymore. Right, that, that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. I mean, um, there, but there are a couple. Yeah, there's you know, a couple there are things, things like when they they. Give somebody gives them a gives a phone number out and they like uh, it's KL five because they used to use the letters on on the key, on the keypad for for a phone before that's how they gave right. the phone numbers yeah that that's was a kind of an old old thing. Ta- old thing that hasn't happened anymore anyway but the for the most part make- is that all the subjects are relatable are timeless topics and uh, that were be kind of relevant. You know, for as long as I mean, probably we're alive and into the future. You know, right? Um, right, right. You know, they're they're sort of yeah, just universal topics. You know, such right. as well, there's a couple of that are such as um, you know, just just sort of going on dates with different random people and. You know, your germophobia, no, that's always going to be a thing, you know? No, no, but, I, but you're going on dates with certain people and they might have a little quirk, quirk you know? or problem or thing that you're, you notice and that might be a turnoff to you. And, and, you know, it's so minuscule, but it somehow sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, or something like that, you know? Right. Or you like know. the woman had man hands, her hands were like that of a man, <laughs> Even though she was a woman, 
you know, I mean, stuff like that. Or now she was eating her peas one by one, you know, they something would, like they that. They would make yeah. references. There would be references to certain movies, older movies sometimes. But I, a lot of times the references were so old that I think even the people that were watching Seinfeld at the time might not even pick up on them. But I think um, Larry David, who is a co-creator of the show, um, I think him and Jerry Seinfeld, I think they said that they purposely tried to make older references to things, you know, references to older things because they thought it was funny that they were giving old references to, to in this new show and they wanted to see if people would actually pick up on that and think that was funny or something like right. that, you know? And also, um, but the, I appreciate that. It does sound funny. What's it, so uh, relatable to about the show is oftentimes there are certain things of the mundane that they'll be talking about, um, that are just everyday things. This comes like, from like, like Jerry, a, this comes from sort of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David's mind, but I guess it kind of started the whole idea of premise for the show is it really started from Jerry Seinfeld, how a stand-up comedian gets his act basically. And he was sort of known as the king of observational comedy. So they would show that in the show and like that, those are relatable things that everyone can relate to in everyday life. Such and I think that's what makes first, it such a, a good show, uh, at least at first. And well, you know, such as like, the opening and opening sequence and the closing sequence to the whole series, which is, you know, Jerry's not the whole series. Well, actually, no, he didn't do comedy in in the clo- last couple seasons or something like that. No, you didn't finish hear oh, what I was going to say. I'm talking about a specific sequence, which was oh right, where he's, right he comments right. on George's button, where the placement oh, of a button yeah, on his yeah, yeah. on his shirt, and how he's like, is that button too high? And just the idea of pointing out that the, a button being too high, that's still something that happens today. You know, right. we still have buttons on shirts, and there will always be buttons on shirts. Right, and I think, I think you it's, know. it's such a mundane thing to even express in a TV show, but it's funny that they're expressing it because uh, they're, it's relatable, and we do comment on those kinds of things, you know, in our everyday life. No. They're, they're just like... Why is that button up there? It shouldn't be that high. And it's like, I can relate to that. And it's funny that they're even mentioning that kind of a thing. Now, I will say that what I find most funny about the show does not have to do necessarily with the observational stuff uh, in the show, but rather the slapstick stuff. I mean, and the absurd, the absurd, the absurdity, the absurdity in the show. And the characters And the characters themselves. And the show definitely got more absurd and ridiculous as over the right. course of the seasons. This is why my personal favorite seasons are probably the last few seasons um, when it got really ridiculous and really absurd where it just didn't even make sense. Right. Um, Sometimes there would be the way the end episode would end would just be like, if you rationalized it, you would be frustrated with how it ended. But I don't think you're supposed to rationalize it. It's absurd that it would end that way. And that's why I like it is because it's so silly. It's such a silly show that you can't help but laugh at it. I mean, whether it was the slapstick of Kramer or, I mean, we'll get into that later, but each individual character, but you know, they'd just be on these, in these scenarios where like this episode where uh, Kramer has to, Deliver, deliver some muffin stumps, muffin stumps to, to, to a, a garbage dump, and no garbage dump would accept the the muffin stumps because they were mu- they didn't have muffin tops on them, and I it mean, was like such a ridiculous and, idea. You know, he's like he's like, come on, this is a garbage dump. I can't deliver these this. Well, he's like, 
he's like, yeah, I'd like to drop off these uh, muffin stumps. And he's and the guy at the, he's, he's like, like where, where are, are the, the, tum- where are the, the muffin top. pops? And he's like, what do you care? It's a garbage dump. I mean, was this ridiculous? I mean, why can't I do this? I mean, it's ridiculous. And he's like, that's what I'd like to know about it. <laughs> you just got to watch the yeah. episode. It's really funny. It's, right. it's so ridiculous that this guy running the garbage dump won't allow him to right. drop off his muffin stumps. And at, I think I was, I was watching an interview with Jerry Seinfeld about it. Muffin tops on it. I was watching an interview with Jerry Seinfeld about it. And I think the idea behind it was that there are jerks everywhere. And like, when it comes down to most people are jerks or something like that, is what he's saying that even in this stupid small scenario, there was a way to make this a guy a jerk somehow, you know? He wouldn't be accepting of this thing that was trash because of one stupid reason, you know? Uh, and I think that's really funny, you know, and it's absurd. It's ridiculous. I know? mean, later in that episode, it gets so ridiculous. Uh, there's a, part of that episode is Jerry keeps shaving his chest hair because he wants to appear to his girlfriend that he doesn't, um, he doesn't have hair on his body um, because she seems to like smooth skin. Um, and so, but toward the end of the episode, he's on a bus and he keeps itching because he can feel the hair is growing back in and just it, you know the the moon comes out and he like he's itching and it itching starts like as if he's a werewolf he's as a werewolf and, he's changed, and he has to get out and goes into the woods and just the way he runs into the woods it's like a wolf and he screams out into werewolf. the night like a werewolf and he just screams out into the night and scratches himself and I mean it's just such a ridiculous thing that that would even happen but it's funny and well, it works actually here's another ridiculous thing that actually mirrored real life which makes it so absurd actually that it, it actually happened, but um, there's an episode where they're trying to sue the O. Henry candy bar heiress, uh, Sue Ellen Mischke, and uh, basically the whole idea is that they want her... They Kramer and Jerry crashed their car because they saw a woman outside just wearing a bra as a top, and they're suing her. And basically, at the end of the episode it seems like they're going to win their court case. And they, and then for some reason, Kramer's getting advice from his caddy, from his golf caddy, and says, and the caddy says, have, her try, on the have her try on the bra. It'll be a hole in one. You're on the green. Now you try her, have her try on the, the, the bra. And it's ridiculous, but she puts the bra on over her sweater. And of course it's not going to fit, because it's over a sweater. And then Jackie Childs, their lawyer, says, no, it's got to fit over on the skin like a glove. And the ridiculous, and it's ridiculous that he didn't actually say that in the court. It ends, you the just say, hey, you like got to gotta put that on. Right, but he- You can't put that on over But he shirt. just, it, it gets accepted. And the, the jury just ends up, basically, you assume that they're just going to vote that, or say that it, they're, she's not guilty or something like that and be in her favor. And the thing is, what is really it's like, absurd how do you even know it? if it's the right bra? Right. To, you know, it's but like the absurd totally ridiculous. part about all of that is that it mirrors the O.J. Simpson's trial, in which he puts a glove on over, or it's a surgical glove that goes on over his, or what is it? A, oh, the glove goes on over his hand that has a surgical glove on it, or something like that. No, it, it has. He has a surgical glove. On, on his hand, hand and his hand, he puts the glove on over that, but it's because he's not actually allowed to evi- touch the evidence, right? You know? And it's ridiculous because, and it doesn't fit. And then, 
there were, I guess there were gasps or something, but that kind of, for some reason was supposed to help prove his innocence when it's like, how could they, of course it's not going to fit over his hand. He's got a surgical glove on and it's so ridiculous though, but that actually helped in his case. And it was so weird that that would actually happen. And that, it's funny that they were, it, the show is absurd itself that they're doing that, but it's doubly funny because it actually must mirroring the absurdity of real life, you know? It's actually somewhat absurd. It, it is mirroring real life future in the sense that girls do wear bras sometimes as tops now, you know? That happens. They do? You see that. What are you talking or, about? Or to a degree, yeah. That. Like, you see that on, like, the red carpet sometimes, you know? I don't know about a yeah. straight-up bra. Yeah, it's like that. Trust me. I don't know about it's that. Like it's that. not really a ubiquitous thing, you know. Uh, once in a while, I will see that it was maybe, I don't know if it's anymore, but there will be kind of like a sheer kind of fabric or something, or is that the right word? But it was sort of like see-through, but you could see their bra. So it was like they were wearing a top, but I think that was kind of in for a little bit or something. Uh, anyway, um, so we love the absurdity of it all. It's really ridiculous. Um and fun. Um, and in the earlier episodes, as we said, there's a relatability that's really funny um, because there's certain things that happen in real life that you could really relate to about these things. Um, but, and here's another thing a lot of people consider Jerry Seinfeld, um, well, we'll get into it actually. A big part why we love the, the show is the characters. They're all very unique, well defined characters, and they, uh, are hilarious, you know. Kramer is so such a king of slapstick humor and physical humor. It's just, it's really so good. And here's the thing: he has these. It's not just the, his physical physicality; it's also his vocalization of, of of things and his delivery, actually, of lines. It's also They're just so the bizarre way, the way and weird he and looks, unique. The you know? way he looks. Well, his physicality, his facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. it's he's just a straight up a funny character. I mean, it's undeniable, you know. And his his character actually was the only character that was not well defined from the beginning of the show. Like they didn't know what that character was supposed to be in the beginning of the show. Right. And um, it was the only character that the creators, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, didn't didn't have the biggest hand in developing over the course of the series. Series it. It was actually uh, a writer on the show, Larry Charles, who that kind of took it, upon he that. took the, took it upon himself to really develop this character into what it eventually became. And I think, oh, around, I, mean, I think a big part of the, what it became was also Michael Richards. Yeah. Just an invent, well, yeah, he worked yeah. with Michael Richards to really make this character become what it became, which was this totally absurd. Because in the beginning of the show, Kramer was this character who never left the apartment. And he was a little was bit more reserved. As, he wasn't as energetic. He was definitely kind of weird. He was weirder, but he was weird actually. But over the course of the first few seasons, and he he really came to his own by the third season. He became this the sort third of season, lovable kook. You know? He was more. He was not as weird as he was just kind of a hipster doofus, as Elaine describes him. Right. As. Like he's he was he wasn't weird. He was just a little eccentric, you know? Right. By the way, I just want to, before I forget this, I think a big reason why we love the show um, is because unlike most series, network television series, um, Larry David was very, and Jerry Seinfeld were very uncompromising uh, with the network about 
changing the show. It was really about what they wanted. And I think that, um, it, that you can really see that in the show. I mean, they really didn't, they didn't, uh, they really stood their ground. They stood their ground. Uh, maybe one thing that they did change for the network, which was good, was that they, the addition of Julie Louis-Dreyfus, which was the female character, um, but they dealt. The the, the the network said you got to have a female, which they lead on, which the they capitulated on, which was a good thing. But for the most part, the way that show was handled was very unconventional. Even the way that it was, you know, the the process of even making an episode. Actually, Larry David kind of really was very auteur like with his, you know, uh, the episodes, and 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 they didn't. He kind of, I mean, writers got so much experience on that show because they were allowed to be involved with the one that they wrote and and really get involved with the editing process and all that stuff. Uh, but but any, even then, uh, after all that was said and done, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld would still go and revise those scripts on their own after they were written. Right, like and the, I think there was they, just a, Because they were very particular about how they wanted things, basically. Right, and I think that kind of... Uh, I think you could see that later on, the influence of that in later television, in that peop- there's kind of a very unique style in certain television shows, you know, that that you might not see in other shows. You know, I think that was a, a ground, and it's groundbreaking in that sense too. You know, they they really were like, well, let, we're doing a thing that's uniquely us, that we're not we're not trying to be like anything else. You know, although I will say, like, there were shows that did that in the past. You know. I mean, a lot of shows that are groundbreaking do that kind of a thing. And I think one show that actually doesn't get enough credit is like Married with Children, actually. You know, they really were trying to go against the grain of 80s sitcoms, you know, and trying to do something different. Um, But I think what is not why Seinfeld became a bigger hit was, um, I mean, Married with Children was a big hit, but I think the reason Seinfeld was bigger was because there was a relatability to it, you know. Um, That said... there was never any sentimentality in the right, show. Right, and that's something that, that that goes to the uncompromising thing of Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. No hugging and no learning was a, a one of their credos. So they, and by the end of the episode, every episode, the the characters will have learned nothing um, from any mistakes that they made during the episode. And there was and nothing there sentimental, was nothing sentimental. About it. Although there were maybe a couple, not really actually, there's nothing really ever sentimental. In, maybe a, like the slightest hint of sentimentality but it was always kind of you know shortly after kind of uh uh, uh, evaded somehow or kind of wiped away in fact in large part uh the series was in large part uh an episodic television series whereas opposed to a lot of tv shows now are serialized television shows so the what draws the viewers in is some sort of emotional sentimental connection to what's going to happen next in the episode. Well, Whereas, that's not true. I no, mean, like, the Cosby show is episodic. No, no, no. But there's Max, emotion. can you let me finish? Um, but Seinfeld would, for for the most part, just be episodic. There were a couple episodes that were two-parters. Were arc, yeah. um, but it was there was never a large story arc. It was just, you know, episode to episode. And what kept you wanting to watch was how good each episode was and to see how right. good the next one would be. I will know? say, though, there is a season that What does they would ha- do next. There is a season that does kind of have an overarching uh, storyline, which is epi- so season four, which is they're creating a television show for NBC. And you really aren't really watching the show to see how that plays out. You're watching the show to see... 
that episode, you know? And I think that's probably another reason why people are drawn to that show a lot is that they don't, they really can kind of kick back and relax and watch a TV show and they don't have to be that emotionally invested in something, you know? And I think that's, that, that's the thing about it's Seinfeld. It's kind of pure, it's, it's pure comedy, It's you know? all about getting a laugh for that in, in Seinfeld. That's, right. It, they're never trying to make you do anything else but laugh. Right. And that's what's good about the show is... They're not trying to make you think either. Their yeah. only goal in, in the show is to make you laugh, and that's it. They're not trying to make you cry. They're not trying to make you uh, feel anything else but, but laughter. And that's what makes it such a great show is that it only has that one goal, and they're going to do anything possible to make you laugh. And, right, and, and Whether think- it's quote-unquote smart, but... Or, or stupid. And a lot of times it was stupid, silly humor. And that's what we like more than anything else is when something is totally stupid, it really gets at your innate, right, but there, innate uh, ability to laugh. Right. It's, it's like laughing at something when you were a child. And that's, that's what it is like with Kramer is you're just looking at these funny faces he's making and you laugh at them because... It's like laughing at a funny face when right. you're a baby. Or, or with George, actually, it's funny. His character is just so enraged or just neurotic all the time. That's funny. His character he gets himself funny... into these crazy scenarios, too. I mean, right, and it's just a funny situation. I mean, look, it is smartly written in that um, you, if you go on a deeper level, you can see how all, things kind of come together in the end somehow, and, and all, all the different characters' storylines kind of... Right, it Maybe. is it is very cool how neatly things wrap up by the end of each episode. Right, and I think also, it I think it take it takes a smart writer in a way to realize that, uh, or to display something that is stupid actually, and that can that can pull off something stupid as being funny, you know, in a way. I mean, the best example of things wrapping up very nicely. And I think this is why Jerry Seinfeld says it's his favorite episode is the marine biology, but marine biologist episode where George pretends he's a marine biologist to impress this woman. Um, And meanwhile, during the episode, Kramer has been going to the beach to hit golf balls into the ocean. Um, And he's using golf balls that are by the brand Titleist and um, at the end of the episode, you know, George's telling a story about how he was on the beach walking with this lady that he's lying to, telling her that he's a marine biologist. And uh, there's like a, a whale that's kind of, I don't know, so, something's happening with the whale. Um, it's And something's obstructing its breathing and it's in trouble. And um, somebody calls out for a marine biologist and because George has lied and said he was a marine biologist, he has to volunteer to try to help save the whale. And, you know, he tells a whole story. It's a very funny monologue that they had written the night before they shot it, actually. And and Jason Alexander, who plays George, memorized this monologue just on the spot. Just, you know, he was really good. People were really impressed by his memorization skills. But, um, you know, he pulls out what's obstructing the whale's breathing and what's obstructing it is a golf ball and it's a titleist. And says, is that is a titleist? And he's, his voice kind of cracks and it's kind of funny and it is a titleist golf ball. he's like... And it, and it really wraps and he's up like, the episode. Is that a, and he's like a hole in one. It really wraps up... You can see that the character, the, the actors 
are just barely hanging on, you know, they, they really want to laugh because it's, it's so perfect the way it ends and just Kramer's response and the way George and, and the way George is telling it, it's just so perfect. And right. And that actually wasn't originally written. That was my understand, but they felt the, they needed a better they, ending. Yeah. The ending, I think when they were looking at it just or testing it or something was, it just wasn't working quite right. And that really just kind of wrapped it up very nicely. Um, so yeah, that was a very smartly written thing. Look, it's a very smartly written show. And it's show. also, it, it's also uh, you know, takes some, a level of skill to write something that lasts for 22 minutes, you know, which is right. the normal length of a, a half-hour um, sitcom. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, there... Uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, yeah, so the characters... Julie, by the way, Julie Louis-Dreyfus... So we kind of talked about Jason Alley, uh, George's character... And Kramer's character. Uh, And I think the addition, which was a good idea on the network to bring a female in there, was a great idea because it kind of, well, it just gave a different, you know, perspective on on things. I know. That was a female point of view. They would actually often explore, you know, these more female, feminine subjects. Right, and then then oftentimes they would have a female writer actually, uh, you know, write certain things about that kind of a thing. Um, And... I mean, we're not saying she's good because she's female, but she's uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus is such a great actress. It's so fun. I mean, there is something. She's really funny. On she's really funny, and I think she's sort of quirky in her own way. Uh, in the earlier episodes, I think what's funny is that she's kind of this, somewhat in a way, she's kind of like oddly out, like the odd man out in a way, um, because she's kind of surrounded by these these kind of, you know, these idiots in a way. These eccentric personalities. Although I will say Jerry's kind of supposed to be neutralizing, but if you really watch the episodes, Jerry's really not that neutral of a character, actually. He's kind of, he can be kind of neurotic, too. And especially in later episodes... He's a germaphobe, totally. And especially in later episodes, he becomes pretty absurd, too, actually. All all of them in the later episodes become absurd. Even Elaine Elaine becomes kind of a caricature. You see see Elaine... in the in the later episodes, Elaine becomes this kind of caricature where she becomes very, like, kind of sleazier and um, which, which normally kind of more I, power, you know, maybe a little more aggressive of a person in a way. Which which I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily condone a character as be, uh, to be sleazy. I wouldn't condone that in real well, life either. I don't. Are, actually. Um, but it just works in that show and. Um, I guess it's somehow it works. Well, and because I think I think Elaine, the character of Elaine, she develops in the sense that she starts becoming influenced by the other characters, and I think she's because Julia Louis Dreyfus is also influenced by the other actors too. And well, no, I think what happens in later episodes is that they all become much more uh, despicable in a way. Um, they just kind of really become unempathetic characters completely. Right, when the show started, it, it wasn't like they were bad people, but I think by the end of the show, and the last episode kind of makes this point, is that they are bad people. Um, right, although I will say Kramer's always been kind of, he's kooky and quirky and, and eccentric, but I don't think he's ever which really... Which I, I guess that's a reason why a I didn't guy. like the app. I think the last episode's not as good as the other, other ones is because I don't like the idea of... 
outright saying that they're bad people because I don't because I there was the always part, kind of there was always kind of a reason behind there was always something you could relate to like there was always a reason that you could understand why each character did what they did if you it know? was a bad thing although there was one episode where George does start getting really bad it's just like when there's a fire and he's just you know he is acting upon you know instinct but he just <laughs> He, you know, dashes for the door ahead of everyone and pushes people over thinking that there's a fire in the house and, and he doesn't care about anybody else. I mean, uh, so that's kind of funny. But, but a lot of the things that George... I mean, that's what... Uh, always, it's always funny in Philadelphia is really influenced by Seinfeld for this reason, by the way. Uh, it's a, Even though this show, Seinfeld, is like a, a lot better, in my right, opinion. Right, um, right. But I think... You know, a lot of the things that George does are directly related to Larry David, the person. I mean, I think Larry Larry David will tell will admit this, and he, I think a lot of people know this is George is kind of an extension of Larry David's personality, whereas the character of Jerry is an extension of Jerry Seinfeld personality. Right, right, right. Um, but hold on, I just want to finish up why uh, Elaine is funny. I think she's she's more funny because I it, I think it's less the the character, or it's more about what Julie Louis-Dreyfus brought to the role. You know what I mean? She offered a female perspective, but I think uh, what's funny about her is Julie Louis-Dreyfus's take on on that role. She kind of created that role in a way, in my in my eyes. Like she kind of she imbued that character with personality. You know, um, because if. It, you know, we could say George is neurotic, you know, or Kramer's kooky and eccentric. And Jerry is kind of this sort of clean cut guy that has eccentricities, you know, um, that are really eccentric of Jerry Seinfeld, obviously. But uh, when you're talking about Elaine, the character of Elaine, before the later episodes, which become, she becomes absurd too. And uh, she doesn't really... Uh, She's not, she's, maybe sometimes she's like overly, you know, you know, feels, you know, empowered by her moral standpoint on things, but there's not, there's not something that is kind of stands out about if, if on paper about her character, I think, but the writing of her in, in the scripts are, is very good and very funny, but I think Julie Lee Dreyfus herself as an actress really made that role funny, you know? Would you agree right. with me on that? Yeah. It's not like... You could say there's one thing about Elaine that makes her stand out. It really is Julie Louis Dreyfus makes the character stand out. Is what Max is trying right. to say, and he could have said it in that many words. No, but of- I just wanted to emphasize, you know, um, and that speaks to her acting. You know, I think she's such a great actress and really funny. You know, I mean, just watching some of her deliveries are just so uh, hilarious. You know, um, just with like George was like getting mad about something that she was at this one episode and she's drinking like a Snapple or something like that. And she's sort of like half paying attention and there's like a pregnant pause and she just kind of goes, what? And just the way she said it is really funny. You just have to watch it. It's really funny. And if you watch the bloopers, it just makes everyone crack up, you know? Um, um, but you know, there's, and I anyway, we got to Jer- wrap up things soon here. Wait, but- well, I just want to say Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld's very funny because, well, he kind of... He even evolves, you know, even though... But I think there's something funny about him in general. 
I guess what I like about him is there's something very natural and relatable about him. Uh, he's kind of this kind of this guy that's you know surrounded by all these absurd characters. But he's also... But he becomes influenced by them too, you But know? he's influenced by them and there's something relatable about him, but also, uh, which, but he does these things that uh, we might do in our everyday lives, you know? And I think that's what's funny about him in the early episodes. And then he becomes very, you know, much more absurd later on um, and eccentric. And I, I guess his situations are funny too. And uh, I but there's something well-defined about him. And I think that's part of the reason behind that is that it's, it's kind of Jerry Seinfeld playing Jerry and Seinfeld. And it's say, very, he's very Seinfeld. I mean, that it's just him. People you know? always say that they think he's not a very good actor. And, but I think he's a good actor in the show. It, 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 I would feel like it was probably very hard to, I mean, you can see him smiling sometimes in the show because you can see how hard it was for him to like not break because, especially around Michael Richards. Michael Richards caused everybody to break all the time. Um, and what I mean by breaking is they would, he would cause them to laugh all the time um, right. out of character. Um, but besides that, I think Jerry was a good, he, I think Jerry Sandoval was a good, great actor in the show. Like, I think he's a great actor He in does the show. a good job. And he's funny. He's, he's funny. He's he makes, funny as dick, as my older brother would say. He, he makes, every one of those characters has made me laugh really hard. And so they all offer something different and right and i think that's what makes it such a good show is that it's very well rounded in the types of characters that we have you know um and they all kind of had equal opportunity to display their skills on screen every episode. right i think after that was the a first, point right I, that's something that larry david kind of made a point of after a few episodes uh that he wanted to include all the characters um kind of equally you know because they all were very talented people you know the actor's very talented and it's like the show why not called, explore each character the show you know? was called Seinfeld but it really was more of an ensemble show right it, right it, I mean you know Jerry Seinfeld was technically the lead act, actor on the show but it really all the characters on it had as much screen time as as Seinfeld did I mean they they were all sort of an integral equal player in the show um there's we got to wrap up things soon but well, there's hold one on. is there I just, just no, mentioned I just, the, the... Can you let me say okay. something? We got to wrap up seeing things soon, but there's just a couple things I want to mention, um, such as there being the inclusion of a laugh track in this show. Now, most people don't like laugh tracks, um, and I should amend what I just said. People don't like there being laughter in a, in a television series. Right. Um, this show, Seinfeld, was often... When you say laugh track, that, uh, okay, that can, can I just I'm going to laughter Max, I'm going to, or laughter that comes from the live I'm just going to say that, okay. gosh. I, I was going to amend that by saying laughter in general because often this show, Seinfeld, was shot in front of a live studio audience, so it was real laughter that you heard. But it's um, still tracked, though. So when you say laugh track, it's still tracked. They're still tracking it and recording is what it means. And so. people often don't like that, yet a lot of people will say Seinfeld is one of their favorite shows of all time. So I think they kind of contradict themselves when they say that because well, some we, people- we had a whole episode on laugh tracks before, but I think the show Seinfeld would not have worked. Um, it is a multi-cam sitcom and um, most multi-cam sitcoms have, have laugh, la- laugh tracks. It's in front of a live studio audience or will have laugh tracks, you know? And I think this show really needed a laugh track because it was kind of more theatrical the way they performed. Yeah, and as you, if you listen to our podcast episode about it, 
it there yeah it's theatrical and and we so like when that. It at, makes us feel like we're part of a community when watching a when show. When you're at the theater, a, a you want to feel like you're part of an audience watching the show. And so the laugh track or, you know, the la- canned laughter or just the laughter that you hear um, from the audience makes you feel like you're part of an audience watching this show. Right. And, and it's... And it, that's it, a good thing. That's, it, I, I, and it makes it, you enjoy the show Right, more. because you can see how the characters in the show responded to those audience members in a way because sometimes I, you know, I think somebody did an experiment where they took the laugh track out of Seinfeld and there were so many pregnant pauses because they were, you know, like in live performances, you have to wait till the laughter dies before you go on for your next line or else nobody's going to hear it. And actually one time, apparently the laughter got so loud, they actually had to reshoot the scene because... So a lot of times it wasn't it wasn't fake laugh. I mean, it's not fake laughter often in that because I know people don't like it. I, they they say they don't like it because it makes it less realistic because you can hear this outside laughter. But but to me, it, it makes it more communal. Actually, it's like I a live like show. That. It's like a live show um, now. But it uh, also makes me feel was, like I'm a part of the show itself because. There's a kind of a synergy going on, you know, with a live audience and, and the performers. It, and the show got the so popular at one point that um, when Michael Richards as Kramer would come in, his first entrance in an episode um, would would kind of cause a big uproar of applause from the audience that at a certain point, Larry David had to say, all right, the audience can no longer applaud uh, for a character when they enter because it's taking up too much time from the show. They, they, they only had 22 minutes, minutes, to, minutes to finish this whole script. And so, you know, that would take up too much time and, and potentially cut out some important jokes, you know? Right. Um, which is a good sign that that was a good problem to have is that it was so popular that people wanted to cheer for these characters, you know? Right. Um, I mean, we can get, this should be a part, two-parter or something, because there's so much more to talk about. Oh, on what Seinfeld. did you need to talk about? Well, just even just, you know, talking about more specifics about the physicality, you know, even just sliding in the entrance of Kramer. I mean, what a brilliant thing to see, you know, that's, I, that was never done before where this person had a, a unique way of entering the room, you know? Really? There's a lot more you wanted to say about Seinfeld? Well, I mean, I can go on for hours about Seinfeld, you know, I mean... I know, but I mean, in general, like, I, I mean, oh yeah, there's something else. I, I mean, look, it's groundbreaking on many levels. A big episode that made it groundbreaking was the, the episode called The Contest um, because they were essentially alluding to masturbation the whole episode. Without actually having well, ever well, said well, it. Let me just say, though, that is groundbreaking in and of itself because, I mean, that had not, that kind of subject matter had not been done on, on network television, at least on, not on a sitcom. And... Uh, so it was groundbreaking for that reason, but also it was Very really smart, smart writing because, well, for one, I think that they, Larry David they were knew, trying to get around the sense. He knew that the, the censors wouldn't accept it if he talked, you know, if he actually said the word, about, if he said that word. So he never actually said masturbation and they kept up coming with these crafty ways of getting around it. And that made it just funnier, actually. Because, I was alone. Right. It was just a lot funnier because... I guess the the subtlety or the the innuendo. Well, yeah, the innuendo is very funny. The, the, implication, usually, the implication, the implication. I guess sometimes I don't like innuendo. 
when it's but when it's clear what they're talking, it, it gets case by case, I guess. But in the innuent, the implications were really funny because I guess because they had to come up with these alternative funny, ways of because it's always funny when you say something not in an alternative way than what you normally hear it as. That's a funny thing. Yeah, you I know? mean, master of your domain. That's another expression that people use now that really derived from Seinfeld, you know? Right, and, right. Um, are you master of your domain? That was a thing from that episode, you know? Right. I mean, that's something... King I, of the castle. Queen yeah, of the castle. Yeah, it's a... And also, but the, the fact that George had to say, I was alone and, you know... It made it seem like something that was more natural that somebody who was embarrassed to say something full on would say in real life instead of actually saying I ha- I was masturbating somebody would kind of be shy about saying that and I think the fact that he censored himself a little bit uh, made that made it funnier for that re- and more real in a way that actually reminds me of the episode where um, Elaine goes out with this guy that Jerry sets her up with and during the date, he takes his penis out in front of her, but she never says, the, they never say the word penis. They she say says, it. She says, he took it out. And he's like, he took it out? And she's like, he took it out. And he's like, he took it out. Like, they just keep saying it. They keep referring it to it as it, not, right. not penis, but you know what they're talking about, you know? Right. And it makes it sound funnier, actually. Right, because we know what they're talking about, but there's something funny in that they're not saying it. And I think that's something what's a lot of comedy in shows lack today is restraint, you know? When you're given... You know, I think that's what's wrong with a show like think, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right, is. There's no given, restraint. Right, when you're given carte blanche to do whatever you Anything want. Anything you want. You, at that point, you have to self-censor, I think, because invention comes with, restra- with constraints actually placed upon you. I think that's the true invention in, in art, artistries and, and craft is being able to create something when you have restraints apl- placed upon you. Uh, and when you don't have that, I think... You end up becoming too, too broad and too big and and not subtle and nuanced, you know. And I think that makes it uh, you can be maybe too crass or distasteful. I guess excessive is what it really is. Anything in excess is bad. I guess. I think that's what's wrong with Christopher Nolan movies in general is that he is given carte blanche to shoot pretty much what he wants, and he ends up shooting way too much footage all the time and. Ends up not knowing how to edit edit it down. I don't know. It just, you know, because when he was under more of an independent budget with like the movie Nicky recently saw Dunkirk, just by the way. That's why he's probably mentioning it. When he's given a more, that's not why I'm mentioning it, but uh, when he's given a more, you know, limited budget, like with the movie Memento, it turns out being a better movie, I think, you know? Well, yeah, I guess, why, why is it that excessiveness is bad. I think it's because, or unnuanced things are bad. I think it's because life usually, life isn't presented. There's something more relatable in the nuances. Um, things aren't that big in real life. And I think when, when we have nuances, uh, or subtlety, uh, that makes it more real, I guess. And therefore funnier because, when we're when we see ourselves, because in real life it's the subtle things that we uh, that make us laugh. I think. I mean, big things can be funny too, but 
I, think I mean, Kramer is a very big character. Right, Kramer is a very but big there character. there is a lot of nuance in the big in the things, big that, things he that he does. I, for instance, yeah. there's no one else that could do that character but him. I mean, the subtle ways in which he might smile, you know, or the subtle way in which he's trying to hide his face when he's got a smoker's face, you know. Uh, it's He's a big character, but there was so much careful planning that he did in that in those big things, you know, he didn't just yell those things, you know, he had to figure out a way that made those things funny, you know? And I think that that's why, I mean, it's an interesting conversation to have is why is it that things that are not nuanced and are, are, are not as funny. And I think it's because life is more detailed and, and more complex than just broad things, you know? And I think when we see ourselves depicted in in art, uh, it's funny to us because uh, there's something that is it gets us at our core, I guess. Well, you know, it's like we, a, we see we see something in our we we see uh, something, uh, or we see ourselves in the art, and that's just kind of funny, I suppose. You know, well, it's like a painting. You know, the more detailed a painting is, that's the, not true. But well, I mean, I guess not. Never mind. Take that back. Uh, yeah, I, I think, but there's just something, uh, I guess, when when somebody can pick, and this kind of goes with the whole observational thing of Seinfeld, is, you know, people say it's a show about nothing, but really it's about a lot, actually. It's actually a show about everything. It's a show about everything. And uh, and I think they... It's it, about nothing in the sense that... It's oftentimes the subject matter is not... It's not heavy or anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's never. never it's not heavy. emotional. It's, it's not, not emotional. a sentimental thing. Uh, and that's a, another reason why I like the show is the. I like that we don't have to because emotionality can be very cheesy, and um, and I like that they just really are doing something for pure comedy. I guess I, I already talked about that. I yeah, I know, that. but uh, I guess and the reason I like that a lot is because. We're so troubled all by the time, you know, our reality all the time with emotional things. It's like it's I don't, a nice thing to get away it's, it's from the realities of the world. Right. With, you I know. mean, laughter really is truly the best medicine for things, and they really were striving for that. And I, I, I like that kind of thing. And you know, not I to know, say that I, know I, lo- some people, I love, I know, I know, I love Frasier because even but though I know gets, some people, uh, yeah, not this is not to bash other sitcoms that do have a more emotional weight in them because some I mean, of those we are write really stuff great. that has emotional stuff, you know. Um, but, but that's what made Seinfeld work was that it was completely lacked sentimentality, you know? Um, now I will say, I, um, that Curb Enthusiasm is one of my favorite shows too, but I think what I like, why I ultimately like Seinfeld more is that Curb is kind of about one character, which is the character George, except even kind of even more, you know, exaggerated than that. You know, it's about Larry David, who was like George Costanza. But with Seinfeld, you get four different unique characters, you know? And right. It's not just about one guy. It's not just about George. It's about Kramer. It's about uh, it's about Lane, and it's about Jerry, you know? And I think it's just nice to get that balance and sort of, you know, different flavors, you know? So, I don't know. That's I think that's ultimately, like, why I enjoy watching Seinfeld more and. I think it's more of a sit back and relax kind of show for that reason. Also, you know, that theatrical quality and the laugh track really help it become 
more of a sit back and relax kind of show. Right. I there's know, something make lively about that. I know some, it's like going to a comedy show. You know, know you'd rather be full crowd and instead of one person in the audience and it helps you feel more I know some people really enjoy like kind of the darker feeling the darker sentiments in life like depression or darkness or sadness and but for me ultimately I this is why I don't like being scared I don't like watching horror movies because I don't like being scared I don't like watching movies that are too depressing because I don't I like happier movies in general I like being happy and that's why I enjoy sitcoms in general more or comedy series more than drama in general is because I enjoy laughing and I just enjoy being able to just sit back and relax. Well, it's just the, I, what is it about looking at ourselves in art that makes it funny to us? I mean, it's an interesting question. I think it's because we notice it helps us. It, there's some, why is that funny to us? Why is that funny to see us? This is why I like postmodern things because there's certain things it reveals us to ourselves, you know, but why is that funny? I, I think it's funny because we notice that how ridiculous we as humans can be. Right. Know? Yeah. I guess it's, we notice how ridiculous, but even stuff that's not ridiculous, there's something, I guess, funny in that we doing, that we're doing certain things in a certain way that make it, make us more, everyone unique, I guess. And, and that's funny. I guess it's noticing things that um, that separate us from one another. And I think that's what's funny. Uh, or or when somebody is nuanced enough that they're kind of hitting upon a trope of type of, of a type of person. That's funny too because they're um, they kind of embodied that trope and they somehow and it's very nuanced. Uh, I guess in order to create that trope or embody that, they need to embody the nuances too. And I think, um, I guess it's, the differences are what's funny. I guess it's, it's something that, it's surprising, I guess. It's stimulating to see something that, and surprising that is, uh, that, that deters from our perception of what's normal, I think. And I think when we realize that, oh, we're not as normal as we think, that's surprising and that's what's funny. And those nuance help create that. I think, I think we've hit upon it, Nikki. You have in a very sort of drawn out kind of way. Well, Jesus. I mean, the thing is, how, I'm trying to, trying to explore this in my own, my own mind, you know? Anyway, um, I guess that might be the final word. But I guess my final word is Seinfeld is my favorite show because... It was completely groundbreaking, and no, oh, that's not it, a reason no, why no, it's your favorite. No, show. No, no, I know the reason why it's my favorite show is is because it does lack any sentimental quality, and it's just exists to make you laugh. That's why it's there. It's, it's its primary goal is to make you laugh, and it really accomplishes that with four very unique characters. That's right. why I enjoy the show the most. Right, I and that's why because I, that's why my my favorite seasons are the later seasons because it. It's all about the absurdity and ridiculous that ridiculousness well, that these characters get that? into. It's it really is, is about the laughs. But so that is what always Phil, always sunny in Philadelphia attempts to do too. Why is it that you don't like that as much? I think maybe uh, that kind of goes to the strengths 
the strengths of maybe the actors and the characters that are well, they're well-defined. No, but it's also what we talked about before is they are, they're, they were still on a network. They're still a network show and they were still have these restraints. Whereas it's always in sunny in Philadelphia was a cable show. They don't have these restraints. Um, now that said, Curb Enthusiasm is is a, does it have is any an HBO show and doesn't have any restraints yet? It is still very well, very I enjoyable. Think maybe and funnier, because but. why why it why does that work better? In my opinion, I mean, Always Sunny is is a funny show too. Well, no, you don't actually think that. You oh, know, well, it can be very funny. I, no, it can't. It, it's not very funny. It's it sometimes can be funny, but I'll never I've never laughed hard at that show. Right. I guess maybe there's a... Why is that? It's I, not my favorite show. I, I, not what, even close. What is the difference there? I, I guess it has to do with it's the actually character. actually not... I, I, don't, I don't particularly care for the show, actually, well, is what I, I would think, say. I think the, the deal is with this. I think while the, the characters are fairly despicable, especially in the later... Se- or in, Not especially... Fairly despicable at times in the later seasons of Seinfeld... They don't There's, make a point. They don't to make be a point like to be despicable. They just they just sometimes end up being like that. But there's a relatability always to them. There's always some sort of relatability, and I think that's the problem. Maybe some people, well, as you said, with the last. Well, no, but with the last episode was okay. The, it, this is at a point where they're kind of becoming a little. You know, they're, they're kind of throwing that they're away unrelatable. A bit. Yeah. yeah, in a way. Maybe. I mean, that's a theory. I still enjoyed the last episode. Never yeah, the last, I know, you know but, but I, I feel like the idea that they would film this robbery without alerting the police, I feel like that truly, it, it's almost out of character, actually, because it, it's almost like, oh, they have become too despicable um, to the point of being unrelatable. Actually. Right, but here's the thing about it is there is certain, uh, even when they're doing that, there is something that is an natural in what they're doing uh they're kind of sh- shedding light on a despic like uh, what how humans can be despicable how you know? people are bystanders and don't actually help no but they also shedding light they on see trouble right but it's not just that but they're they're showing like oh uh a portrayal of humans that can possibly exist whereas i think always sunny in philadelphia are just they're really over the top despicable characters that you wouldn't see those kinds of characters in real life, you know? Although you wouldn't see a Kramer, Kramer type, but you kind of maybe you would. Might. It's uh, just not as funny as a show. I guess it's just not as, as well-written. It's not well-written. It's not as funny. Or it's not as well-written. It's not, don't say it's not well-written. It's just not as well-written. Not as funny. And I guess it's just, and yeah, just as the actors aren't it's not as, as funny. It's I not guess as just, but I guess part of it is, yeah, they, the actors in Seinfeld created a, in their performance, even though it can be over the top, there was nuance in it, you know, I think. And and that, that made it funny. Whereas I think in Always Sunny in the I don't know why we're, we're comparing these two shows. It's not about that. You well, know? I guess part of the reason I'm comparing is what makes Seinfeld our favorite show as compared to any other show is what I'm trying to say. Even though seemingly Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a it's similar... It's Always Sunny in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It has a similar idea behind that. And, and I think part of it is that there is always a relatability of those characters on some level in Seinfeld. In Seinfeld. In Seinfeld. And also there... 
well, even no, though they're over the top sometimes. There's a uh, lot of reasons why it's always right, sunny know, in Philadelphia. It's not just what you're mentioning. No, no, hold on, I'm just and saying. And I feel like you haven't even watched that show enough to really make an uh, educated uh, maybe I, opinion maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't. Maybe, maybe I can't. Have uh, you watched it enough to make it I have watched a few episodes. I mean, it's actually about, you know, there's, it's about something. And I know. It's not, it's not an episodic show completely, you know? I mean, but that's right, beside know, the point. It's not, it, there are, I've seen it a few it, times. It's just not know? as funny, okay? I mean, that's all I got to say about that show. I'm sorry to bash the show for any listeners, you know? You, some listeners might like that show and... Uh, it's just not for me. That show's not for me. That's all I, I guess it's just when it's straight up comes down to it, it's just not as funny. Well, it's just not for us. Right, right. I guess and it's Seinfeld not, is, and I think Seinfeld it is... It can be funny. Just to say, it can be funny at times of the episodes I've seen. Of oh, always. we're going on too long here. But, but um, I, my last word, I guess, is Seinfeld is great, and for any naysayers, uh, I truly believe that you haven't actually given... Uh, Seinfeld a true chance and if you do if and when you do I think you'll realize that Seinfeld is as great as that we are saying it is right now um I concur thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki tune in next time <laughs>